Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You're listening to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, where when you can't be in the outdoors, we bring it to you. One, ladies and gentlemen, I have got a legend on the phone, and this legend is bringing you some remarkable breaking news. This is, uh, you may have seen some teasers about this because they've been strategically dropping uh, little little hints here and there at what they're doing, uh, but I have got Ernie Power on, and we are talking about a stick that I've got in my hand that I think is going to make a lot of people's day. We're talking about the Skeletor stick. It is a brand new offering from uh, Tethered. In fact, if you're listening to this episode, it's live right now in limited quantities. You need to stop what you're doing right now. Go to Tether's website and go ahead and order a set and then come back and finish the rest of the podcast because you're going to want to get in on this. But Ernie, dude, this thing is wicked. Yeah, you finally got a chance to play with them, huh? What do you think? I, you know, I, you and I, we've talked back and forth. I've talked to, to Andrew Blair. I've talked to Parker. I've talked to a lot of people who've had this in their hand. And I don't know that there's much better a stick on the market as a whole. I mean, this this isn't meant to be, you know, the lightest thing on the market. It it, it but it is just a phenomenally functional stick. And man, I I find a hard time nitpicking anything that you could do to have improved this thing. I mean, it, how many years is this thing in the in in the making? Uh, it's been a year or two. Um, you know, honestly, those were in the the making back when we were just getting ready to release the one sticks. So, um, it took a little while to get them right. And, you know, we had the advantage of some of the, some of the negative comments that we got from the one sticks, we were able to evolve into this so that these kind of combated all the negative things that we'd heard before. Um, I'm with you. It's hard to find much to nitpick on. And, And about the only thing and that's only because I have one sticks at my disposal is they're a little heavier. Sure. Um, you know, compared to a one stick, they're a little heavy. But if you 
compare them to the other sticks in the market that are in that price range, mm-hmm. they're right on par. Oh, I, I think I think actually for most of them, it might actually beat them because with attachment method, these come in at under. Well, I'm not going to name drop others. I don't want to do that. But other manufacturers that I've used, these come in with attachment method of stock uh, lighter than those. So uh, I, I've had a, a, a good t- chance to test these out. You got these to me before the season, and I've been able to hunt with them and uh, try different configurations from aiders to built-in aiders. And we'll get into a little bit of that here in a minute. But uh, God, dude, I mean, this thing is just, it crushes it. And, and I guess... Let's start with the design, and this is a, a an audio podcast, so if you're listening to this, uh, I've got a video coming out. In fact, it, probably about the time, same time you're listening to this, there's a YouTube video where I go and break this down for you guys. Um, but the design on this, it's a foldable stick. It's a compact stick. Uh, why don't you kind of talk about how you guys came up with the design for this? Yeah, so it'll have some familiar features for anybody who's been around the block a while. Um, basically what we did is we started with, uh, a leverage stick and, and that was a stick that was around, uh, that company ended up going out of business and actually they ended up, um, folding all together. And the problem they had is they, they got a little greedy on some of their extrusions and they had some parts that were failing. And so we ended up looking at where they failed and beefed that up. But then we also, just took a couple of steps back and said, okay, how could we make this even better? And so that's where like the standoffs that are Mm -hmm. on there, those are a much different standoff than you would have seen on a previous offering. Uh, the stacking pins are better. The Dynalock attachment method is better. And then we beefed up all the components top to bottom. The idea is to, to just make it so, you know, it won't have the problems. No, and, and, it, and it, the result is a remarkably functional stick. So starting with the standoff, when one of the things that you and I talked about, when you sent me the box, you said, call me when you get the box. I want to hear it. You know, open it. I open it. I'm immediately wowed. And you drew my attention to, to several things, one of which is you went with a wider standoff to help with with uh, kick out. Um, I've been able to test this on, on crooked trees. I mean, like true, like S-tape uh, shaped trees where you can like look hook one side on onto one part of the S and the other, and then cinch it down. It does an excellent job of grabbing those trees. I, I'm, I, it, between that and the, and the, the Dyneema rope, I mean, it's, dude, it locks into the tree. If you're worried about a stick that, that kicks out, this is not a concern for you. Well, the nice thing about Dyneema too, is it doesn't stretch. So when you get these attached to the tree and you lock them into place, you're not going to get any creep over the course of your hunt or when you stand on it. Right. It's not going to get the stretch that's going to cause, you know, some of that kick out. And, and by having that standoff be a lot wider, it also prevents the stick from rolling. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is if you are standing on one side and kind of lean to that one side, the stick isn't going to all of a sudden roll to that side because it's got a wide base. You know, a triangle is a fairly stable shape in nature. And so we kind of tried to mimic that with a wide base and a skinny top. For sure. So one of the things that builds on that standoff is uh, if, you ever, if you're unfamiliar with a leverage stick, most, most posts are square or flat. Uh, the, the, the main post on this kind of makes a V shape. And so when you fold these steps down, I feel like this is the most comfortable setup 
from a resting at, let's say you're putting a platform on or your camera arm or you're adjusting, you know, around tree limbs with multiple linemen's belt. One of the things that I found is that because that V comes away from the tree with the standoffs folding out, your feet kind of rotate outward as they would more naturally than just sitting, you know, directly parallel to each other. It, it's a remarkably comfortable step to, to stick to stand on while you're attaching everything. I mean, I'm a self filmer, so I've got a platform, a you know, camera arm, the, 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 uh, his strap around the tree, all that good stuff. And there's no fatigue when using this stick, dude. It's, it's really, I think I'm going to measure this, uh, again, but I think from the tree on the standoff out, I think it's like five and a quarter inches, which is crazy. It's pretty far. You'll also notice on the step itself, uh, it's got a little curl on the end. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was intentional, right? So that gives your foot the tactile feeling of knowing where the edge of the step is. So, if you're out there, you'll feel that knob, or if you're standing on it and start to slide out, it'll kind of grab you. That's there so that you can feel with your foot sure. where the edge of the step is, and then if you need to reposition, you can to get your foot closer to the center. Uh, yeah, I could see that, and I think I actually can think about that when I was hanging the, uh, up in the swamp the other day. I actually felt that in that same S tree. You could kind of feel it catch on that side. So uh, the, the rope, is this your is this your typical Amsteel style rope? So you're looking at a, a real high poundage weight, right? Yeah, it is, and, you know, that's our um, Dynalite rope. It's a proprietary copyrighted deal, um, but ultimately it's ultra-high molecular polyethylene. Um, it's one of the strongest, uh, synthetic compounds known to man. And it's very strong, very UV resistant, very weather resistant, etc. And, uh, we've found uses for it all over the place. You'll find it on the bridges of our saddle. It's on our sticks. You know, we really like to take advantage of that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful thing. I found that on, on smooth bark trees or smoother bark trees, when you put this down on the, on the stick and you, and you, and you actually climb up. I was taking it off the tree, and as I'd un unloop the rope, the stick would stick there because sure. the force pu pushed it down and it just sunk it into that bark. It it, it was kind of cool. In fact, we were we were uh, about two miles deep in a swamp, and I pulled this out of the bag, and I had one of my Patreon members there, and he's like, "Oh, that's cool!" And we're putting it on the tree and doing the thing, and I go up to get the the trail camera that I hung up high, and I take it off the tree, and it just you hear it go pop as the rope just kind of like comes unhooked. And the stick just stood there. We just kind of stood there like, man, that that's the epitome of what you want a stick to how it function, you know? Yeah. I mean, they just, they grab, they work, they're stable. Yep. Um, you know, our goal with these sticks wasn't to revolutionize the ultralight market. It was to revolutionize the functionality. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make these function for the hunter as much as possible and keep them in, you know, a budgetary level that most guys can afford. Yes, I mean, absolutely. And I think you did that moving into your peg system. So the previous peg system that you had, uh, it was flawed. It, you know, it, it, you got feedback from people and you, and you adjusted. And on this one, with, a, with a, just a little Allen wrench, you can pull the, the set screw out of the back of this, pop the replacement in there if you need it. I've used this a, a bunch this year, and I don't have any issues. And they're kind of like a softer plastic. They kind of have like a little bit of like a, a flex to them. So when you're, when you're fooling with it, it feels like, you know, stacking them. It, it, you know, you can, you, you have that ability to kind of twist it back and forth and, and find the hole on the other stick. I, I think I like that a lot because 
on a lot of sticks, there isn't a really good way to stack them without stealth stripping the entire stick because the sticks just coming into contact with each other. If you have these set together and you push, you know, the, the, the one above it down, you, you just have a real quiet release and, and, and being quiet is very important, obviously. Yeah. So again, we learned from some of the, some of the comments and the feedback that we got on the one sticks. And, uh, so these pins that you're talking about on the Skeletors, they're actually almost a rubber. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're a uh, flexible compound that you know holds up really well and has a little bit of flex. So even if you were to drop them, you can drop them right on the pins. They're not going to break. They're uh, also actually, as you had mentioned, you don't have to bullseye the holes. So if you get the holes kind of lined up and kind of jiggle and move a little bit, they'll go in. Whereas with the rigid uh, pins that we had before, it was a little more difficult. These are going to be a nice deal. And, and actually, we've got them for sale on our website. So if anybody wants to upgrade their one sticks and put these pins in there, we've got them on the website as well. That's awesome, man. I, I, I think, you know, aesthetically, you, know, you, you nailed the function component of this, but then you have the aesthetics of the stick. And, and everything with tethered has a cool function to it, right? We we spend a lot of money on our on our hunting gear. There's no reason why it can't also score us some Instagram likes, right? I mean, and this stick definitely does that. You've got the the two tone color. You've got the olive drab on the coyote. I don't know if I'm gonna paint these things or not, man. I keep going back and forth because they look so stinking cool on the tree, and I'm not convinced that 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 profile is gonna show up to a to a to a whitetail. What do you think? I honestly, they blend in really well. Yeah. Uh, for most of your tree barks that are out there, uh, they they disappear pretty well. And I mean, if you want to paint them, there's nothing wrong with that. We gave you a nice base coat for like a sponge painting. You could just add some lighter colors on there, and all of a sudden you're set to go. So let's talk about some of the challenges, right? So you're a company building something. You've on one end of the spectrum, you've built something. Uh, relatively without price point in mind, the tethered one stick. Now you're trying to come into a realm of building something for uh, the everyday man. What kind of challenges did you have coming from that tethered one to the Skeletor? Honestly, the biggest challenge has just been the global economy. Um, When we started this project, we uh, came up with a few different quotes and came up with this, and we're like, okay, what is it going to take to to make this and the numbers came back in a place where we're like okay we can do this and then over the course of the development cycle the world went haywire and uh you know we've seen some increases on that and we're you know doing our best to keep them down but the the hardest thing about making anything budget these days is the economy in general um the global shipping situation is a nightmare trying to get anything through ports even if it's just raw aluminum uh, can be a nightmare. The, um, the nice thing is, is we got a bunch of really smart guys on our team and we're able to look at some designs and, and kind of know how to make things in a way that is cost effective. Um, and that's the direction we took on this. Instead of having something with a lot of machining, it's a lot of extrusion and extrusions tend to be a lot more cost effective. Um, however, there was some, some custom machining, custom molding. You'll notice there's some custom caps on all the hardware on the mm-hmm. front. The Dynalock is custom machined and, uh, some other features on there. So we can't get away from the custom stuff 100% or else it just wouldn't be 
the product that we tried to envision. It, it wouldn't be as nice as what we're trying to do. Um, but by using extrusions and by being smart, we were able to uh, keep these, you know, at a relatively affordable level. Yeah, I, I could see that. I, I that when we talked before, you, you kind of touched on the, the the global component of this. I thought to myself, boy, that's Ernie's got to be pounding some wine at night, stressing over this. And and sure enough, we both show up to this uh, this Skype uh, uh, date drinking red wine so uh, the end is near we're gonna we're gonna launch these things and then you're gonna have a good time just hearing the the awesome feedback i i think uh functionally i don't know that you could have a better out of the box stick than this one for the price point i really don't and i think i think it's gonna make a lot of people happy how many renditions do you think you went through to get to this like i mean i know you guys are real hands-on and and diy well, we came pretty close on the first try, but I okay. bet uh, rather than full renditions, you know, total redesigns, it was more on the component level. Okay. Um, we went through three or four standoffs before we found one that we liked. Um, and then as far as like the hardware for wrapping up the ropes, um, took a couple of different versions to do that. Uh, the pins, as you know, have been an ongoing process through the one sticks and into here. Um, so, I mean, nothing, nothing's a home run on the first try, but I think that over the course of the design cycle for these, we came pretty close. What does the process look like for Tethered? I know you guys, you all come from this DIY spirit. Tethered was born from, uh, this, this, this family of guys at at one point this probably blows people's minds. It was a really tight knit community, right? And and you had Ernie specials and all kinds of different little things that you had DIY'd. You, you started off with a spirit of going to the hardware store and trying to find things that, that suited your needs. Is that still kind of the, the, the R and D process for tether? Do you, do you guys still like go into Lowe's and trying to find parts or have you upgraded to where you're, you know, you've got guys on staff that are uh, like, milling things for you and and i guess i'm curious what's that creative process look like for you guys well i mean it's a little easier than it used to be because it used to be just like you said if it wasn't on the shelf and we couldn't buy it and with some real simple modifications make it work you're kind of out of luck and you know we have a little bit of a budget now to be able to to you know send a design over and have somebody make a piece for us or at least draw it up and um we got a couple of guys on staff who are really good with uh, doing some of our modeling and our AutoCAD, and we've gotten a lot better at sourcing. So we've got some contacts, uh, both domestically and overseas, that are good at taking a napkin uh, sketch and turning it into something and sending us a prototype back. So as far as the, the prototype and design cycle, it's gotten easier. Um, it's definitely gotten more efficient and and a lot faster. Um, but you're still talking about the same handful of guys that we meet once a month somewhere and, and kind of go over what we have ideas we have, what we're doing and, and review last month's meeting and go through the different things and try and, you know, keep going through. And it's, it's the same guys that, Hey, what if it could do this? What mm-hmm. if it could do that? And you know, next thing it's born. I th- I think it's important for people who are unfamiliar with Tethered to to know that you know you guys are making things to fit needs not making things to sell right like you guys are the the improvements that come into the products 
come from your feedback, from other people's feedback. You know, you're, you're tailoring an experience for people, um, and and I think that's huge. I bet I bet those monthly meetings, everybody has to put their cell phones into like a, a lead coated box to make sure that nothing nothing escapes, right? Oh, we are the worst at that. <laughs> I can't tell you how many uh, how many times I'll watch a YouTube video and see something on there that we're six months to a year from releasing, and we're like. Dude, <laughs> why did why did you film that? Yeah. Why is that in the why is that on an Instagram picture? Because saddle hunters in general, they're like detectives, right? And so they'll scour through every little detail and find all the little nuances. Um, especially in the beginning, it's getting to be more where uh, saddle hunting is a lot more mainstream. There's a lot more people. Sure. Um, it's not the same people as it was five years ago. And so that detective spirit isn't quite as strong, but those original detectives are still on duty. They're, they're still out there looking. Um, they're just, you know, you don't see them voice their opinion as often as they used to. Yeah. Y'all need to like uh, promote Carl to chief of security. He has to like vet everything that's being done to make sure, uh, make sure cause he's got way too much time. He's working on that bike, that custom Kafaru bike. He's got way too much time on his hands. Y'all need to, 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 update his position description yeah carl works like 24 7 so on top of everything that he's doing for us uh he's building his own house by Holy hand crap I, and i don't mean like he's the foreman I, he's swinging a hammer he has built his house by hand and he's done all the landscaping he's done all of that just because he wanted to do it his way you know, I mean, if it's Carl. That's just kind of his deal. He's a jack of a thousand trades, and he can do just about anything. But yeah, he's he's currently building his house, and you know, up until a little while ago, that was going to be a house he's dying in. But now it looks like he might be relocating. <laughs> oh man, if we could just get all the tethered guys under one roof, imagine what what's going to happen then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someday, right? That's right, man. That's right. So. What's next, man? I mean, you, you've got the ultimate saddle systems. You've got climbing systems. I would be remiss for all my listeners if I didn't pry for some kind of industry secret, right? I mean, like, can you give me anything? What, what's what's next for Tethered? <laughs> man, next is hunting season. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right now it's it's all about content, right? So we're putting a ton of effort into our YouTube channel. Uh, we've really put a lot of time into it last year, and this year we doubled down. We brought on four new uh photographers that are going out and filming with us we've got some new interns that are really doing a bang up job of you know making us look better than we are and it's just been awesome but our our focus has really been to try and develop more of that media side so that we can provide some entertainment and and also do a better job of instructions and and uh the useful stuff of how our products are used or even some of the DIY stuff that, you know, maybe might not even be related to it. That's awesome, man. Well, I think you guys have crushed it. You, you, you hit the nail on this thing. I mean, you know, I, I can't, I truly, I have tried really hard to find some kind of feedback to give you guys and I'm not capable of doing so. I'm sure someone will much smarter than me might find some way to, to maybe improve these a marginal amount, but I am thrilled that you included me uh, both on the release of this to, to create some content for you guys. And man, I'll be honest with you. I'm thrilled. I got to use these this year so far because up until this <laughs> point, I mean, 
I, I would not have been as thrilled with my climbing system. So I think one of the things that I like most about this stick, and this might be kind of like the, the, the tail end of this dialogue, but the amount of climbing systems that work with this, whether it's an Aider, whether it's an Atria, one of the things I did was I ran Amsteel through the bottom and made two continuous loops with a piece of like quarter-inch gas tubing. And what I found was that gas tubing fits perfectly right here on the groove of the stick. And so you wrap it around one time, pop it in there, and then your aider is just like super contained right there all in one place. It's it's pretty sweet, man. I I think a, a multi-step aider with these would be killer too if you don't like fix. I, I don't know what your, what your preference is. Well, so we purposely have stayed out of the aider business. Um, you know, it's one of those things where uh, there's, there's just more liability than we wanted to deal with. And so the lawyers tell us we can't really suggest aiders for anything. Okay. Okay. Um, gotcha. But they're, uh, they are handy. There are a bunch of us who use them, but it's kind of the do as I say, not as I do type of a situation. <laughs> <I got you. laughs> That's right. I'll, I'll do a video on it then. And, uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll break it I down. Can't, <laughs> I can't tell you not to do it. I just can't do it myself. That's right. That's right, man. Well, have I missed anything on this stick? I mean, th- this thing is wicked cool, but did I, did I miss any, any of the, the, the key highlights or any of the history behind this that you wanted to touch on? No, I mean, I, it's, uh, you know, I just can't wait to see everybody's responses. Hopefully the the only negative that we hear out of this is that we didn't get enough of them. So <laughs> I, I think that's a real possibility, my man. I think uh, I think it's 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 entirely possible that if you're if you're listening to this a week after we published it, you're going to be upset because uh, <laughs> these things are going to go wild. But uh, we are a hunting podcast, Ernie. We first and foremost we are hunting, and you killed an incredible deer that unfortunately won't make it to the YouTube channel. And I think this would be a wonderful chance if you have time. I'd kind of like you to tell that story because it's kind of a really freaking cool one. Yeah, no, I, I gladly tell you. Um, you know, it's it's a, it's a long history of deal, but I've got a friend who owns some acreage in North Dakota. We work together on the same charity. Um, I guess a little background on that is, for those of you who don't know, I'm on uh, a group of people who work for the Outdoor Adventure Foundation, and I work for the Minnesota chapter. We basically provide Make-A-Wish style hunting trips for uh, sick kids and injured veterans. Mm. And so I met this gentleman through that organization, and he's got some land there in North Dakota, and he has donated a hunt to our fundraising auction each year. And he gave Tethered the option of doing a lease on his property this year. And so we took it, and we took a pile of people out there. We went out in August set a bunch of cameras and uh on this particular property he runs bait piles and so we set bait piles we set cameras and we prepped a bunch of trees for saddles and then we left and we watched cameras for a month before the opener came up we had quite a few nice bucks on the camera and really nice uh stuff going on leading right up till the day we got there and we showed up with an army of people and cameramen and whatever else and and uh, it got really hot. And all of a sudden, all of our bucks decided they weren't coming out in the daylight anymore. And so there was one buck that uh, was coming out 10 minutes before dark. Um, and But that particular place 
only had uh, a ground blind. There weren't any trees around. And for those of you guys that have uh, have seen the video or maybe not, uh, I made a really, really fun shot on that one. I ended up hitting the crossbar on my ground blind and sending my arrow to the moon. Um, and so I've been struggling, uh, this whole summer, I ended up having some eye surgery done and I had eye surgery on my left eye, which is my dominant eye. And I've been trying to figure out how to hunt without being able to see out of my dominant eye. And it's, it's been a, it's been a trial. So one of the first things I tried to do is teach myself to shoot right-handed and, it was going, it, it's so, so I really tried to make a go of it. Um, but I have a old injury on my right side, on my shoulder that I had surgery on that started giving me problems. Mm. So I ended up going back and out of that. And, uh, you know, I talked to my doctors and, and ended up getting a crossbow permit in the state of North Dakota. And I went back and when I went back, my whole goal was to try and kill one of the bigger bucks that we had been hunting that whole week when we were in there before. And, and as it turned out, the third night we were there, he gave me an opportunity and, uh, I harvested a really nice nine point, uh, there in North Dakota. Um, he was, he scored just under 145, and, uh, you know, I couldn't be happier. It was, a it, with the way this summer's gone and not knowing if I was going to be able to hunt and not really being able to see half the time, it was awesome to have something kind of come together. So 140, good coal buck, right? I mean, that was a good management buck. Yeah, management buck. <laughs> so, now, I, the unfortunate part was I ended up going back by myself um, because for me, the lease wasn't that far away. For everybody else, it's a bit of a travel. And so I was trying to self-film this uh, particular hunt, and I had everything set up. It was a uh, south wind. And I had everything set up facing south and the, you know, the corn pile that we were hunting on and everything was south. And I was looking and all of a sudden this doe and a fawn, they started skirting me to one side and I'm watching, I'm like, they're going to go around me downwind and then come in downwind, uh, to try and get to this corn. And as I followed them, followed them and I'm turning around, turning around, turning around. And all of a sudden I look and there he is standing directly downwind of me um and there was just no way to take my south facing camera and face it north in order to get any of this on film and ultimately you know if it comes down to you know making a shot and, mm -hmm. and harvesting an animal or sacrificing it because i can't get my camera in place i'm shooting every time oh yeah no i mean I I have a deep, deep-rooted passion for capturing as much as I can on film, and that's it, as much as I can on film. I got a GoPro, I got a Tacticam, I turn them all on, and hopefully I've got something to share with everybody. But if a big deer, if 140 walks out, I don't even know, first off, I don't even know what a 140 looks like. I've got no idea. But if something I think is a 140 walks out, I don't even know if I'm hitting the record button, dude. He, he could be within full frame of the video camera. I'm probably just hammering the trigger and cussing myself later. But it's not happening, dude. I, I don't blame you. Well, and the thing is with this particular deer, I knew who it was immediately. Because I've got video and camera footage of him for two months. I've got him in velvet. I've got him coming in 
for the entire week before we went for opener, he was coming in a half an hour before daylight every day. And then the heat hit and that shut all the movement down. Mm. Well, that sounds like a lease that you need to have again for next year. Yeah. I, th- yeah. yeah. We're, we're working on it. <laughs> Oh, man, that's awesome, dude. Well, I appreciate you taking time out your evening. For anybody who's made it this far in the podcast, this is actually 2.0 because the first time I recorded this, uh, I actually deleted the, the stinking file. I, 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 I backtracked all my steps, and I think I thought I had moved it all to the to the hard drive, and I hadn't, and I deleted the file. And uh, Ernie was kind enough to carve more time out of his, his day and record this for a second time. So, dude, why don't you tell everybody where they can go and when, just in case we drop this a touch early or something, where can they go and when can they get the stick? Yeah, so this will all be on our Tethered website, uh, tetherednation.com, and uh, it'll all be released the first day of Rutmus. And uh, for those of you who don't know what Rutmus is, we team up with all kinds of outdoor companies, and we do the 12 days of Rutmus, the first 12 days of November. Lots of cool prizes to give away, lots of cool stuff going on, and Day number one is Skeletor, so we're excited. We can't wait to let you guys get your hands on these, and we'll be giving away a few sets on that first day. There you go. Guys, if you're listening to this podcast, you got some spare time, go check it out. I I promise you you're not going to be disappointed by the stick and and what it provides you. Check out our YouTube channel. we got a YouTube video there for you guys, Uh, tethernation.com. We've been working with these guys for a long time, since pretty much day one, and there's a reason why. They are a guilt-free endorsement. We love working with these guys, and we know you will too. So check them out, and until next time, guys, get outside and enjoy the great outdoors. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, a mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.